0: Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a
1: breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: I want us to to be able to have honest conversations about where we are. I want us to embrace our shortcomings and, and not see our weaknesses as indictments on our overall beings, but just a symptom of our humanness.
2: Hey everyone, you're listening to Human to Human, the show that connects truths and bridges the gaps between our human experiences, one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and I'm so glad you're here. This episode's special guest is licensed therapist, thought leader, and girl dad, Kier Gaines. Kier and I talk human to human about how to heal and grow relationships in a society that is hell-bent on selling expectations over reality. Now, if we're being real, and we always are, most relationships are set up to fail, right? Romantic relationships, family relationships, even and especially the ones that we have with ourselves, mostly because they're trapped in the possibility of perfection, which really just leaves us with a whole bunch of unmet expectations. Yeah, it's a mess that Kira and I decided can only be solved with truth, awareness, and love so excited for you guys to dive in with us. Now, before each episode, I give you a few recommendations inspired by the conversation you're about to hear. I share a song to add to your playlist, a book to check out, and I also add a reflection question based on something sparked by the episode. So, here goes. This episode's song to put on repeat is Glorious by Ella Henderson. This week's read is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And after you listen, if possible, put yourself in a learning situation this week talk to someone that you haven't in a year, challenge yourself to listen more than you speak, and be brave enough to be wrong in the process. I know it's not a question, but I trust that we can all expand together. Now, like always, leave your comments or your thoughts at humanhumanseries.com. Now, let's get into my conversation with Kier. How are you feeling? Are you are you feeling great? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling a little all over the place, but having to give me an hour? <laughs> <laughs> um
0: I feel good I actually enjoy like these interactions because I mostly post on social media and the interaction mm-hmm. is it's heavily favored in my direction it's more than sure, talking sure, to sure. people and I could just you know I catch what I can but these face-to-face interactions I appreciate them so much especially post-COVID
1: sure um sure.
0: I'm just, I'm, I'm just in this moment where I don't always feel grateful for all the good things that happen to me and all the good things that come in my path. I just don't. That's just not sure. the way my mind works. Sure, sure. But right now, yo, <laughs> like, life is, we have so many good things that are happening. Yeah. It's just, uh, how are you?
2: I'm good. Um, I am balancing expectations and reality. I am, <laughs> <Yeah>. I am. <laughs> expanding what love looks like in terms of how I receive it, how I can give it. Um, I'm learning, I'm really trying to learn to be selfish. I don't, Mm. I'm just, I realized that like, that was really heavily hit in my heart as a wrong thing to do. And so I just really wanna learn what it's like. I wanna find out how healthy I look knowing and, and how to pour from a cup like that, right? Like I'm very used to pouring from a cup that I pour from now. Um, I'm the oldest, I have a lot of friends, I'm very, you know, my whole work is is this. I, I'm a TV host, I, I love this work, I adore it, but I also recognize parts of myself that is, is trying to keep up with how it, how it feels good and how it looks good, but how I'm like, oh, are you possibly chipping away at yourself? Is that what's happening? Yeah, yeah. So there's just, there's a lot of learning and it's it's great, but it's painful. And that's probably why I resonate so deeply with your work because you were willing to talk about the pain in the forefront, which I think we're all going through it. I just, I'm really sad that we're not willing to talk about it. Like I didn't know we were gonna keep not talking about it even after a global pandemic that connects us all. I was like, hey, yeah. I, aren't we all just gonna be real now? Like what's the point of doing the other thing? It didn't work. <laughs> like i thought we all saw but you know so <laughs> you know the, so that's kind of that's where i'm at it's why the show is what it is welcome to human and human by the way thank you so much for being here and for being thank so a- much for having
0: me for You're sure so- for wow. sure You're i have a question for you just sure. around when you said your selfishness what's the feeling what's the negative feeling associated with that is it the shame like what's that feeling
2: a part of it is not actually, f- is is realizing you don't actually know what you want. You don't actually mm. know.
1: Because okay.
2: I recognize that I like how people feel when I play a certain role, which internally makes you feel good, right? Like you're like, I feel good because you feel good. And so you think for a while, that's the thing. And then you find out, but I didn't do the thing that I liked. And I didn't know that I didn't until after the fact. And so you're trying to figure out how to like, reintroduce yourself to other people but really reintroduce yourself to yourself
0: yeah yeah
2: that so it's I don't feel shame around it I feel more scared because I'm like what does that rediscover process look like Mm -hmm. where do you start and and how much outside are you looking are you looking out are you like going outside and trying new things are you staying inside because during, for me, during the pandemic, I stayed inside and I stayed inside. I was extremely intro and mm-hmm. in, in, um, inward during that time. And it was, mm-hmm. I, I was willing to do a lot of that. And then I recognize coming outside, how that's going to translate. And it's an interesting process. And I recognize even for other people, like, it's not lost on me. We all had extremely different experiences during the pandemic. And I would love to talk about it. But I feel no, like
0: no, we're we not might not. To. No, we're not going to. And
2: I'm upset. I'm, ups- I'm like, hold up, guys. We're not going back. I can't be present in this lifetime, in this world, after learning all this stuff, after being slapped into consciousness, and then go back. Like, And I know what happened to you. So what are we doing?
0: We're doing now- what humans do.
2: So that is exactly why you're on this show. Because as <laughs> I was discovering your work, as I was as you came across my world, I mean, what I adore about you and your spirit and your heart is you, <laughs> you and I resonate in the same thing. We're all set up to fail. We seem to like playing ourselves and we're not willing to get <laughs> out of the game. Right? We're just like, yeah, but the gl- game is the Glasgow game. And we, we were just like, listen, we already know this game. It's the devil we know. Can we just keep going until we get out of here?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I comfortable. I understand that. I'm just saying like, since we all know, why aren't we willing to leave?
0: I just That's think the collective the consciousness, <laughs> but yeah, let's do it. I, I think the collective consciousness is, it's a weird beast. And I try to take everything that I can't understand and relate it to my world in some way. Mm-hmm. So it's really controversial when people do this from a large perspective, but it helps me from an individual perspective. Mm-hmm. I can't identify with Black women's struggles. Those aren't my struggles. Mm-hmm. But I have my unique struggles as a Black man in the way I present that has similar elements. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's how that feels for you? That's similar to how this feels for... Oh! Mm-hmm. Okay. It's- and no, the coming to that moment is tough for some people because your brain already has to do a million things. Yeah. And then when we have the world coming into our collective consciousness after like the George Floyd murder happened, mm-hmm. now everyone feels. This everyone has feelings and they, they just splatter the wall in all these different directions. We're not all angry about the same thing. We're not all motivated mm. by the same things. We don't all the feel the same level of disdain towards the situation in this place, but right. we all have this collective consciousness. Yes. So it's, it's a lot of thoughts. And that same external world exists inside your head. It's a lot of thoughts. It's a lot of conflict. Sometimes it's all. Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's 10% of what you think most saliently and 90% of everything else. Sometimes it's the inverse. Sometimes it's nothing at all. Like it's, it's, it's just so difficult to get people to understand that. Society and the world and the way we've been conditioned has mm-hmm. pushed us towards extremes. Mm-hmm. And every I was reading this book, yo. That was even talking about how they do the these research. The they, oh, man, shoot. Uh, la 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 la, la uh, Atomic habits. Okay. beautiful. By, uh, I want to say Paul or James Clear.
2: Yeah, it's, in, James my, Clear. it's in my favorites. I haven't started, but love
0: that. Oh, one. you're going to love that one. <laughs> oh, you're going to love that one. They talk about extremes, how they specifically make a potato chip, a Dorito to the perfect level of crunch and the perfect level of saltiness and the perfect level of fattiness to give you this specific dopamine hit that makes you prefer that. But in nature, like a real talk, you don't get a lot of salt and you don't get a lot of fat. So our, our minds are hardwired to value those flavor properties. So what we do is we wow. take what we like and we push it to the extreme. Think about everything. Look at the models inside of stores—the exaggerated hips and curves. We take that to an extreme. Mm. Look at how sweet things are. Ice cream—it's just the perfect creaminess and the perfect flavor. Baskin Robbins and 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 uh and Cold Stone don't even—it's it, two different worlds, mm. two extremes. So the little intricate parts that make up the whole, we look past, and it's not our—it's conditioning. Sure,
2: and we just keep
1: sure. pushing.
0: Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a
1: breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: ...towards either side. And this is a scary proposition because there's so much humanity that we leave on the table when we do that.
2: So much nuance that we forget about. So much. Mm, so gosh. much.
0: It's the little details, yo, and it translates. Yeah. That translates to love and relationships. Man. When we look at the grand finale and we don't think it's the nuance. It's the nuance. It's the small pieces.
2: So the fact that we know, the fact that we both just brought it up, we connected in the nuance, we connected in the details. And you also said just a few minutes ago that we're going to keep doing what humans do. Is there not a way to break that? Are we not willing? Is it time isn't get. Giving us time to, to, to soak in the details? Is it past experiences? Is it being a prisoner of our emotions? Is it fear? Is it change? It, it's and possibly all of those things, right? But we have just identified that if we are not willing to be in the nuance and the detail, we'll never really get to the goal. We'll never really get it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We've, we've conditioned ourselves to believe that these expectations make sense while we're mm-hmm. living in a reality that's like, that's not mm-hmm. it's true, guys. And Mm -hmm. I wrote down, and I wanna read this to you specifically, I I wrote down, how do we heal and grow relationships in a society society that is hell-bent on selling expectations in the midst of reality?
0: You know, I think you gotta run the numbers. You gotta run the numbers. What you see is one category. Mm -hmm. What you have lived is another category and what you would like to believe is true is a separate category unto itself. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is discomfort is uncomfortable for a reason. Like that's not that's not a feeling that we enjoy. Uh nothing that we don't enjoy undergoing that. We of just course. don't. So so we try to avoid it. That's okay. Like if you if you hurt your ankle, you're gonna favor the other leg. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how you create balance, that's how your body creates balance, and this is how your mind creates balance but we live in this society where it has really specific rules and their expectations and it kind of goes back to our first point when you're like well why don't we share it well the reason the because we don't share it people don't have a good viewpoint of what's actually going on right and the things that give us the dopamine hit are exaggerated i could post a picture on my instagram with me kissing my wife And having my baby in my hand and I can hashtag black love, (laughs) hashtag get you a king, hashtag we're doing it the right way, praise God, (laughs) you know, and all of a sudden, that snapshot tells a million different stories that my mouth never said.
1: Mm. And people
0: are now in comparative mode where they see me smiling with my wife, but they don't know that I don't give her enough attention to make her feel loved and wanted. They see me holding mm-hmm. my child, but they don't know that I have never spent a single solitary moment in de- investing in any of her interests. Mm. Because mm. that's the salty potato chip.
1: Yeah,
0: You feel me? And yeah. it's, it's easier to sink your teeth in that and be like, damn, my life don't look like that. My right. teeth not as white as yours. My braids aren't as pretty as hers. I don't have my own show because they don't see any of the behind the scenes. Man.
2: It makes you want to jump off of a bridge sometimes. Oh, well, it's interesting because they're living their own behind the scenes. They, it's funny because yeah. if I see mm-hmm. Kier's perception, I'm living in my own reality. And I know everything isn't perfect. So why would I see your perception and say he must be perfect? And for some reason, mine isn't because we're so hell bent on. Being different, as you said, being comparative, and finding a reason to not be special, to not be worthy, to not be the one, so we can validate why we don't feel that way. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but we all know we're being played, and somehow we're just like, but let's just keep playing because it's easier. This is where I get very sad. I'm not going. I, I, I have I've never felt, experienced depression. I can see it in your face. You, you can. Know. You see. We have never met, and I know you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like- I, know exa- I know exactly what you're
0: <laughs> saying, but you know, this is the same as the argument, the raging war between Black men and Black women. This is mm. the same as Get into the it. raging war between men and women in general. Yes. This is the same raging war between the LGBT community yes. and the rest of the world that refuses to acknowledge them as human beings, to have yes. rights and liberties. It's the same thing. It's on a massive scale. It's hard to move people's thoughts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's hard to take people from this is what I'm rooted in. And then what they're rooted in is rooted in deeper things like religion and upbringing and environment and mental conditioning mm-hmm. you can't rip someone from from that that easily but what you can do is share experiences with them yeah you know so it's 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 the same kind of like oil and water thing we're on a mass level it's hard to get people to understand what you're trying to say and convey That's but true. on an individual level where you have individual conversations and individual experiences with people on a human level mm-hmm. you'll find something very different Mm-hmm. you'll find a different kind of person group think is tremendous
2: <laughs> interesting it's elaborate tremendous, beautiful we've seen
0: it like look 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 at politics right now mm-hmm. people who don't believe what a certain politician believes as long as it's close enough they'll gravitate yeah i do kind of believe that now that you say it that way <laughs> You know, we can see images on on our social media feeds and on our phones that give us again these stories that don't have confirmed narratives
1: Mm -hmm. at
0: all. False information speeds faster than good information.
2: Yes, it does. And I Mm -hmm. and I'm like, why are we okay with not now? You know what? It's not even salty potatoes. It's it's not it's not even a fair question because I'm here in the world too. I get it. It's it's everything. That I experience, I'm not going through the full ringer. No, I'm not. Some things are easier to gravitate towards. Take the thing, take the snapshot, and compare it. I get it. I do. I, I just think sometimes it just affects the way that we as humans really get to love, really get to lean in, really get to be here, really get to express versus what we think we're doing. And I think that brings me, a. L- I, I I know I just, I've said it several times. I probably say it several more times in this conversation. It brings me a lot of pain. And it's a big reason this show is is what it is. And so I know for those listening, we jumped right into it. I'm not going to lie. I didn't (laughs) feel like it was necessary to do a huge introduction, but I want to give some perspective to the conversation because what yeah. I really, again, adore about your work is, is the vulnerability, but not just that, just the willingness to be human, right? And I think we we have different perceptions of what being human is. Some people decide human is strong and relatable mm-hmm. and this, and some people think being human is open and vulnerable and constantly wearing your heart on your sleeve. Um, and and there, and some people are like, listen, I gotta find the middle. And, and sometimes I don't know what that looks like. And that's where the nuance is existing. A big mm-hmm. part of something I wanted to talk about was, Figuring out that expectations versus reality with self is one thing. Expectations versus reality with family is another thing. Expectations versus reality with men and women is a whole other thing. And these three pockets of relationships not only have affected me very deeply and have made me just so excited. I want to talk about all of it all the time. I'm like, let's all do the work. Let's do the human thing. Let's do life. <laughs> let's just, let's spill our guts because then we yeah together and it's, it's what yeah. I believe we're really right. And so those are a lot of different pockets. I believe you can go on this journey with me where we really just, we can, we can add some, some new perspective to those pockets, open up. Yeah, some yeah Let's just right? do that. Let's really do that those
0: pockets are closer to one another than people think Mm -hmm. because a relationship is a relationship is a relationship is a relationship.
2: Yes. yes.
0: And I'm not afraid to take myself away from like human construct things that the world has told me are true men are Mm -hmm. supposed to be, you know, these brave, I'm just going to, I'm gonna provide and protect Mm -hmm. Boom, caveman. Like, I, I, I see men being flexible and I see men being vulnerable and I see what happens to their children and their families in their lives because of it, mm-hmm. you know, and the inverse with women supposed to be put in the corner and meek and, and not be fit to lead just by virtue of being a woman. I come from a family where the rent, women were rent everything mm-hmm. and they made the decisions for the family mm-hmm. and they made sure that everybody felt love and they made sure that everybody was on the track to be a decent human being. Mm-hmm. so I don't subscribe to gender norms the way that some people may mm-hmm. um, and so thank you for even saying that I'm vulnerable because that's always been a struggle for me but the the, the relationship that I have with my wife and that I have with my daughter it, they, of course they're different but not really mm-hmm. at the very bare foundation of mm-hmm. it it's me serving in a role and having to meet a need on a situational basis mm-hmm. like real talk like it's that's the job that's yeah. the role of right. course it nuance right it phrases right. into a million different little ribbons right. but the long and short of it is that's what i do right. my relationship with my family is becoming different like i'm two years ago I was just like, I'm i doing this thing on social media. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't
1: a road trip. It was just a really long drive.
0: Bada at participating McDonald's. Well, we're proud of you. It's different now when I walk to right. my mailbox and someone stops like, Oh my god, I follow you on Instagram. Mm. So my family gets to see my progression. My relationship with my family is different. Because they get to see the world react to me in a different way.
1: Mm.
0: But all of these relationships are kind of the same. I'm managing my bandwidth versus people's expectations of what they need from me situationally. Mm -hmm. I like to strip everything down to the bare bottom to see what I have. Like, you know, them big fluffy dogs people be walking? Like the (laughs) Chipow Pows and the, you know, the dogs that had the big complicated names. They hyperallergenic and they come in a bag. They mad cute, you know what I'm saying? But like, those... It's, it's like that, like when you start shaving those dogs, they all look the same underneath, right. you know? And, and and that's how I look at my issues. Mm. Um, Or that's how I look at those, my issues within those different relationships.
2: Yeah. You just said that vulnerability has always been hard for you. What was mm. that transition into deciding whether it's hard or not, it's still going to be a part of who you are choosing to be out here. Right? Like, cause you can be a certain person in your Ooh, home. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Damn, that's a good question. Can I think about that for a second? Absolutely. I don't know. It's I grew up, I grew up in like some rough projects, man. I grew up in Southeast DC, and mm-hmm. anybody know Southeast DC late, late mid eighties to the to the early 2000s it was nasty, and I didn't grow up in a neighborhood where boys and men had. Uh, access to to feelings through words, yeah, and access to feelings through words to get your ass beat. So you yeah. learn to to put your aggressive hat on, and you don't, you can't take it off because now you're not a 14 year old boy who got to fight neighborhood kids anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. You're a
0: 27 year old man that needs to get into a relationship and needs to cut that down a little bit. But the hat, the outfit, don't change because the venue did.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm
0: saying? It's it's hard to take that off. And I don't think I had a choice. My wife is self-aware. My friends are very self-aware. I went to grad school to become a therapist. I, I got into therapy myself. And man, I you know what? When my daughter was born, I think that was the catalyst. When I found out I was really, yeah, that, yep, that really? was the catalyst, yo. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. I realized that as I was talking, I was like, I can't, I can't I can't do this, man. Mm. I can't do this. I can't be responsible. I can't let my stuff like rain on another life that didn't ask for that. And it's something mm. I can fix, but I'm not addressing. And it's such a it's such a it's such a beautiful slippery slope with therapy. It's like working out. Once you see progress, the addiction kick in, man. And yeah. you want to keep stripping it down to the bare bottom and figure out what are you working with? What is mm. this even about? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Therapy is so interesting because as much as I adore it and I'm in it, I'm currently in it, had a very Say beautiful it. but painful session. One thing Say my therapist it. keeps keeps reminding me, she goes, Stace, there's no, like, you don't get to win. There's no winning here. Now, I'm a very, I'm not saying I'm I'm always about the winning, but I like winning. Who doesn't, right? And when I tell her a situation and we talk through it, I want to be like, check. And she's like, yeah, nah, we don't get to do that. Mm-hmm we're continuing to peel back this beautiful layer that is just your life. That's life. And so I don't say that so everyone's like, I I'm not- I love that. Really it. <laughs> but that's what we're, that's what we're, I, please guys still go to therapy, please. It's wonderful, but it is hard and it is real. And it's the reason that I'm like, oh, now that I'm in this, okay, let's just do life. Let's just recognize that this is hard. And sometimes it's wonderful and beautiful and, and more gorgeous than you ever expected. And sometimes, It's painful and hurtful and rude and disrespectful at the same time. And that is life. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a nuance that you just brought up something so gorgeous. So first, thank you for sharing your experience of how you were raised. Right. And as much as I, I'm here to honor that. I also, I hope, I, I believe a lot of people will relate, right. We're all raised in a certain type of way. We're you know, feelings and emotions. It just wasn't the way that our parents fully raised us. Some people were, some people weren't. But then also environment, that all has to do with it. Now, I had lunch with a friend a couple of days ago, a guy friend of mine, and I told him about an idea I have to have a men's event because I have this burden that I believe that men don't have like spaces. And I just, I want them to know that like, this is for them too. And I was really just in my passion bag. And he was like, "Stays, who are you trying to serve? Niggas ain't doing that. That was his response. (laughs) Now you see how, you see how we, like I said, we ain't never met, but we have, there's clearly just a human connection here. Right. So, you know, I'm sitting there like, so I'm, I'm taken back. I'm, I'm pissed. I'm like, Hey, okay. I know we're not all doing it, but, but I thought we all won the invitation. He was like, why? Like what, what guy are you trying to serve? He's like, he said, are you trying to serve niggas? You trying to serve men? Because he was like a couple yeah, men will go, but niggas ain't, that's not what they doing. You know, they, they, they're trying to be inspired by this, by this, by this. So I'm, I'm like hurting inside as he's talking. Cause I'm like, I refuse to believe this. We are not doing this. Like we're, you know, that, and, and I bring that up with you, not only as a black man, but as a point of like this miscommunication that we have as black men and black women and just people. Right. Oh, it's but bad, on a specific yo. level, it's, it's so bad. So he, bad. he said, they're not looking for that. And they're not doing that. That's not a priority right now. But then I meet Kier Gaines and he made it, he happened to make it a priority. So I'm like, do we not want it to be a priority? Are we telling ourselves it's not a priority? Are we willing to make it a priority? Or is it, we just don't want it to be a priority?
0: Mm. I don't know the answer to that. I think again, it may be a little bit of all of those things. And I know what he meant. I mean, you gotta realize my audience on Instagram is 81% women.
1: Hmm, hmm.
0: Yeah, wow. I look at my insights all the time, 81% women. And all of my home, like this, I'm friends with almost, you name uh, male social media, dad, whatever. Right. I either we cool, I know him, or that's the homie in real life. Right. Most of us have those type of proportions, maybe except for a, maybe a few of us. It's mostly women that follow us. And mm. uh, my manager, my, my manager's talking about like, what do men watch and follow on social media? Mm-hmm. and my question is a male creator i the social media space to me in terms of creation is very woman dominated and very woman centered sure. like even the i look for gifts that just look masculine for my ig stories and i can't find anything that's not you know pink and designed in design than laura ashley for sure. which there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that sure, you know sure. what i'm saying but that's not the aesthetic that i'm going for and that's absolutely that's absolutely fine that happens mm-hmm. but I don't know if there's a lot of content that hits on that level that resonates with men that doesn't feel blaming and accusatory, Mm -hmm. which is also a tough match to strike because what is the line between holding men accountable and making men feel accused unnecessarily? Uh Yes, yes. It's a tough line to toe. It's so difficult. And it's going to have to come out of a specific mouth on a specific platform and have a specific tenor to not be offensive because both sides deal with a lot of shit going on in the world. And when you deal with a lot of shit and people don't always acknowledge the shit that you go through on the other side of the aisle, you start seeing ghosts. And you start seeing things that may look like undermining properties, which in all reality are misunderstandings, which you don't have the time for because the world is on fire behind you and yeah. you can't afford for people to not get it. Yeah, that applies to black men and black women. Now yeah. what? That's all the shared trauma on the table. Now what? It can't move when both on defense. It can't move when both on offense. It, that, that shit don't work. hmm. Everyone's saying I'm not being heard. If if two sides are saying I'm not being heard, who the fuck listening?
2: I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And it's painful because you want both people to talk. But if they both don't feel like they're being heard, then what?
0: I don't. I don't. I think the answer is in the small groups. I love the conversations I have with black women one on one. No, I I love it. 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 Twitter is scary. <laughs> you know what
1: I'm saying? <laughs> Twitter,
0: Twitter is scary. Yeah, I love the conversation I have with with, with black women in real life. Twitter is scary. I yeah. love the conversation <laughs> I have with black black men in real life. Twitter is scary. I love the conversation I have with members of. The LGBTQ, I think it's LGBTQ+. plus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I try to stay up to date with the nomenclature, but I love the Twitter. It's scary. I love sure. the conversation you have in real life. When I ask someone, hey, what are your pronouns? And they say, right. oh, thank you for asking. It's right. them and that, that exchange is dope to me. Right, but right. when I try to have that conversation with 25,000 people at once mm. and one off kilter, or I don't quite understand because it's not my lived experience. And you know, when folks' hearts in the right place and they got good intentions, that shit don't translate. I don't care about your good intentions when you're offending me. Those rules don't not apply because the words are coming out of my mouth. That applies to me too. So I, it's easier to stay silent when it comes to protecting people that don't look like me, as opposed to being loud and being wrong. And I'm just like, mm. I don't. Hey, look, I'm asking questions. Mm. I'm leaning in. If I'm wrong, to so, oh everybody loves mcdonald's fries so yes you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home um but the bag
1: did feel a little light Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: i'm sorry please educate me hmm. i can't let the fear and cancel stop me from trying to identify what other folks Sure. because sure. folks if folks do the same to me we not we not we can't get anywhere like that
2: yeah it's interesting you said that your audience is mostly women as well. And I think a lot of the guys you follow, I probably follow them too. I've either probably had them on the podcast they're my friends. It's interesting. I brought them up to my guy friend. I was like, well, what about these guys? He was like, you mean writers, guys who deal with their emotions? I was like, I'm so confused. It was a really, it was hard. It was a hard moment because I, he brought up strength. He said, black men are kings. We're not to, we're strong and we're, um, we're not to be torn down. We can do that in our home. We can be vulnerable in our home, but we can't be vulnerable to the world and i sat with that as a moment of really trying to honor his experience and understand that like wow that is your understanding of what you get to do in this life and a part of me also was like wow that's what you think you get to do in this life right like it's a it's a it's both i'm like i understand why you feel like that strength and i understand what probably happened and i and i can see it but it feels like a chipping away of people's existence and i also feel like black women have their own version of it right like we need to be strong. We need Absolutely. to like this. We need to look like this. This has to be how it is. It's a part of something I struggle with deeply and, and I'm breaking every day. Right. But what's the, what is your definition of strength? I would love us to talk through that
1: mm-hmm.
2: first. Okay. I think it's easier for me to tell you what my definition
0: of strength is not. Mm. Um, my definition of strength is not perseverance through ridiculous adversity. That's not at least the only definition of strength. Mm -hmm. My definition of strength is not whatever's left of you after people have taken advantage of you and minimized you and, and, and used you and exploited you. That's not strength. My definition of strength is not puffing your chest out, being offensive and preemptive in attacking people because you're scared on the inside. Yes. Um, that's not my idea of strength. My personal idea of strength is flexibility and being able to say, you know what, this is the direction that I wanted to go in. And I had my heart set on that shit and it don't it do look like it's working right now. But right here is something that I don't absolutely love, but I feel good doing. And it doesn't have the accolades of this, but something's gravitating me here. Even though all my bags are in category A, life is taking me a category B right now and it makes sense. Let me pivot and see what I can do here. That strength, that applies to the relationships you decide to keep, sure. that applies to the career choices you decide to make or don't decide to make, that applies to the friendships that you decide to either enrich your life or you nip it in the bud so that sure. that dying leaf does not infect the tree, you know? Um, that to me being able to be flexible, being able to, to be in a room and be comfortable with who you are, and and where you are in the world, even when others are not. And even if you don't have the absence of that ability isn't weakness, by the way. It just means you haven't developed that strength yet. You know, because I know that people out there where that's just not their reality, where right, they can just right. be who they are. That's right. not every that's my that's my reality now. Sure, sure. But that's that's not everybody's reality. So I don't want to make it seem like it's that easy. Um, but that's my idea of strength, flexibility, man. Be, be water, be silk, you know, hold, hold on, hold on tight, but be able to flow in whichever way life takes
2: you. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. And it's <clears throat> it's something that I think we just don't hold as much value in. No. And, and, and we, because we decided to go the extreme route of whatever we decide strength is, we miss out on what you just said, the beauty of flexibility, right? Everyone in this pandemic was strong. But what we've read on Instagram is they were strong because they wrote their book in the pandemic, or they got a new show in the pandemic, or they kept going Excellent in point. the pandemic. Excellent point. Not yeah. because they were the, the the in between that we didn't see the flexibility, the grievance, the 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 letting go, the new boundaries. Like we didn't, I'm not to say we didn't address any of it, not to say we didn't address any of it, but we did we value it as much? No, I don't think we did. And it's part of the reason that I'm like, when do we start bringing the truth to be the value? Not the expectations, not the perceptions.
0: You know, I've I've learned, I, I was at a point where I was as frustrated as you are with our collective inability to take on these tasks. And what I've done is I've put that in the back of my mind and I replaced it with, okay, What can I do to change the temperature in the room, even if it's 0.001.38 (laughs) percent? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) What can I do to change it? Because from being a teacher, I learned. I'm thinking that my lessons, I'm just swagging it out and teaching them all this dope information. I'm thinking I'm enriching my children's lives by that. No, just by being a person that looks like me and showing them love and genuine concern. That's how I impact. Mm. So mm. it's not always the thing you think that's going yeah. to get you the juice from the squeeze. Yeah, and I think just, just from trying to be damn as cliche, my line brother said all the time: be the change, be the change you see, <laughs> yeah. be the change you see. But I do think there's something to be said for modeling behavior, yeah. and I do think it's something to be said for saying, you know what, I want these things to change in the world. I'm gonna start with me. This is what I'm gonna put out. And I'm gonna see what I get back, and if what I get back is different. I have no problem pivoting yeah. because that's my idea strength, right? You right, know, right. and I'll pivot it, but I'll, I'll continue to put these things out in the world.
1: Mm.
2: That's good. That's good. What it brings me to that conversation, the extending the conversation within relationships, right? And so we talk about that dynamic with family. I think we've all had a stretch in that where on whether you got to spend time with your family during the pandemic or not. I'll share an experience with you. Uh, yesterday, I had a smoothie with me and my mom came in the room and she was like, dang, does somebody mind grabbing me a smoothie at the store? And I already, ha- I happen to have one. So I just gave her mine. She grabbed it and said, hey, why do you feel the need to feel, fill people's needs? And I said, mom, you're drinking the smoothie though. And she was like, but why did you feel like you need to give it to me? Wasn't it yours? And I was like, then why did you feel like benefiting? And we <laughs> sat in there. When I, we sat there and I said, this? Is going on some podcast. I'm about to bring this up somewhere. <laughs> like, cause I'm sitting there like, this is uh, so. I had to even recognize, like, Stace, why did you do that? And then mm-hmm. I'm looking at her like, but why do you like that I do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we go back out in the world, right? And we're all, we all wanna be loved so deeply. Absolutely. And we're all secretly so scared and we're big babies running around as adult body. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. You know,
2: and I, and I, I- I know now that I'm a big baby running around in a cute little body and I'm like, oh God, you're also, you know, and it's like, it'd be better if we could all talk about it. So I could feel less (laughs) freaked out sometimes about that vulnerability being on the sleeve, but it's fine. I recognize that it's happening. Right. But even that experience, I was like, wow, part of me set boundaries and still I'm not implementing them. And then was willing to stretch it because I don't know if it was, I want to be loved by my mom in this moment or I wanna fill her need, or I just have a smoothie and it's not a big deal and I give it to her. It mm-hmm. was, it, so many things were running through my mind and I, I was really like sitting with that about how, do, how we do that in relationships, how in a, in a romantic relationship we give something that we're like secretly I didn't really wanna do that But that's a part of what partnership is. So I'm going to do it.
1: Oh, that's
0: a good point. Okay. I'm your sibling.
2: I owe you. I'm your family. I owe you this. Even though technically really don't feel like moving. Don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Even to ourselves, we say self, I owe you this. I owe you moving and strange stretching and growing past your pain. Even though in this moment, I don't feel like it. The truth is I don't want to, and I'm saying I want to, because of what I we believe are th- these relationships can be all these pockets, right? Like what we yep. believe being truly a good person, what love is, what being received and perceived as a good friend, sister, brother, but br- whatever partner, all those things, all these relationships. And I was like, who can I discuss that with? So
0: here you are. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad. You know what though, I one of the things that's helped me through that is, again, realizing that the world that I live in and the world that I would like to believe is true are two separate things, and that's okay. It's okay, because that's not an indictment on who I am as a person or my capabilities. That's just the reality that I fell into. That's fine. It's okay. If I'm not my ideal self, I always ask myself, well, what evidence do I have to show that that self is possible? Mm. Well I would love to, to, to have about another 10 pounds of muscle on me and then my next question is cool. what do you do in order to get that? Mm-hmm. Do you eat regularly? No do you work out regularly? No. all right <laughs> <laughs> Like they, I have I have to really like run my expectations up against the receipts that I have. And at some point you have to just, you have to pick a door. Like there's a million reasons that you could, there's a million underlying reasons as to why you do the things you do. Um, But if like with these relationships, if you give up uh, your milkshake to your mom. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say.
2: This is
1: ludicrous.
0: State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Or you promise yourself that you'll complete a goal that you have no evidence that you can complete with the bandwidth that you have and the time that you have. And the goal is completely arbitrary because there's no real time clock over your head. Um, It's you begin to build this nasty thing called resentment. And it mm-hmm. happens in all of our relationships when people, when we give it up, even though we didn't want to. And then it's the argument with your mom. Well, why'd you give it up? Well, why did you accept it? There's no answer there. Y'all can spin all day. There's no answer because there's no winning. There's no answer. There's no winning. It's I know we would like to believe that life has all of these like this is grand voila. Yo, you never arrive. I was just talking to my best friend. You don't arrive. It's just a never ending
1: journey. Because
0: yeah. when you arrive, you're not going to be like, well, I'm stopping working now. No, <laughs> once you get up to a certain point, then you start spreading out. You never arrive. You're always going to war. You don't yeah. win. It's, it's a circle. It's not a straight line. And it's just so counterintuitive to what we've been raised to believe is true. But mm. my question to you and my question to, all, my question to all the listeners is, please give me evidence where you see that what I'm saying is not true. Mm that doesn't exist in every part of your life because it's, it's what you would like to believe is true. It makes us feel safe. And it makes us feel like we understand this big, vast, giant world that we got dropped into with no instructions. Yes. We only have so much pre-recorded time. We're stepping out on faith here. Mm. It's That's a big concept. Just because we're living through it every day don't make it no less big. Yeah. So I, 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 I just, I challenge folks to, um, just take that take that half a step back and just get a zoomed out view of that thing mm. and understand that like there's a cell in your body right now that probably doesn't know that it's just a cell That it's one of billions and billions and billions that make up your body. You know you're, you're, you're a part of a larger thing. Mm. Life is large. Mm. Time is large. And that goes into another conversation. but it just helps you place like there's no measuring rod. We measure shit in inches, we measure shit in kilograms. Like there's no measurement for success in life. What is it material possessions? Exactly. So if you have a if you have a Bentley, are you successful? If you don't <laughs> have a Bentley, are you not? Where the hell is the rule
1: book?
2: <laughs> oh man where do we get this shit from it's and and then why do we and so you just asked a beautiful question where do we get this from and then and and then we got it took it internalized it and are breathing it every single day hurting ourselves in the process yeah made
0: it the rule of thumb somehow when that wasn't even true for our grandparents we don't even live in the same uh, reality
2: it's so wild and it's and it's a part of why I'd love, I'd love us all to decide as a collective, to us listening, to tell our friends to really enjoy that there is no answer. I'd love us to enjoy that. But yes. then we would have to enjoy the discomfort of the unknown of what life really is. That it's really a ball of unknowing. Yeah, that's that. I While knowing is. at the same time. <laughs>
0: I I think that is a brain breaker right there for human beings. I think that's how we have religion and spirituality, because what we understand only goes so far. And there comes a plateau where we got to say, hey, what I can see stops. I have to believe something beyond. This is what I'm going to believe. And then we move forward in that direction. But the truth is, we don't know. You don't know what happens after you die. We believe certain things and all of us don't believe the same thing, yeah. but we, we have no evidence. Yeah. And that's scary. It's scary to fall. And there's no, like, there's nothing to catch you. There's nothing to hold on. You're just free falling forever. Human beings have to have something to believe in. I always say there has to be a bottom. Mm. There's no, there's no abyss. There has to be a, bottom. Where, where's the bottom? And when you choose what your bottom is, it lands at different levels. And that's how we have like social inequity. When my bottom is here and, and I can minimize your bottom because I just can't identify with
2: that. Yeah.
0: Um, and the same goes for us in, in stages in development in life when, you know, there, there's so many models on stages of development. I've been saying this in a lot of interviews I've been in recently. Uh, hopefully it catches on, but like you can't go back and, and get something that you missed in your development. You just grow around it. Mm, so that so let's say what's common what do I see a lot let's say there's a kid that grew up in a house single parent that parent wasn't very nurturing Mm latch key kid uh you know parents always working when they're home they're very transactional I pay the bills I get the food this stuff don't belong to you nothing in this house is yours um that feeling of non-inclusion, mm-hmm. being a child, my daughter's four, daddy, I want to help. Daddy, can I help? Daddy, I want to help. She gets something from that, that builds a piece of her character. Mm-hmm. That warm piece when she's crying, and I'm not. why are you crying? Why are you crying? Because it hurts my feelings, right? Mm-hmm. I'm reacting to her, and I'm projecting my hurt feelings and my feelings of inadequacy as a parent onto her through hitting. You know what I'm saying? And not saying that's what everyone does. Just saying that it does happen more often than we talk about. Either way, she can't go back and get that. Once that, when she just needed that that thing to boost her confidence, that love, that reassurance that her daddy loves her, she can't go back and get that. Those feelings still reverberate in her adulthood when she's trying to make connections with people. And what everyone will assume is, oh, when she tries to get a man. No, when she's at work and there's someone who's talking in that tone to her, what that does to her brain and her confidence that will forever be a limitation. She can't, my daughter at 25 can't go back to age four and, and make that not happen. What she can do is realize there's a problem and go to therapy and find ways to cope and find ways to patch up the wound that happened Mm. when she was younger, but you can't go back and get the development that you missed. And that's how we end up being adults that have these chasms in our personalities and in our characters and our thoughts and feelings and emotions that we don't like and we can't figure out how to close. A lot of life happens to you. Gosh. Trauma can be a grain of sand, yo. It's not, it's not just it's not just rape and violence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that allows people to undermine us like, uh, yo, know, you know, my trauma was bad, but it wasn't rape. Like, sure. yeah, it, it sure. wasn't. It wasn't. You're absolutely, and I'm thankful that it wasn't, but your trauma still happened. Mm. And it still affects you. And it's still there, and it still matters.
2: Do you and mind sharing a personal thing that is traumatic to you that People, we might forget to identify. Wow, ah, no one ever asked me that. <laughs> we might forget to identify as something that's trauma because we do go the extreme route.
0: Yeah, give me a second. Let me think of one. I don't want to give you some bullshit.
2: <laughs> of course.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mom passed away when I was eighteen,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I, I don't think I, I didn't take any time to grieve. I can't tell you what happened between 18 and maybe 26 I don't know it's all a blur Mm -hmm. um and in that time I got my degree I did a whole bunch of stuff but um I developed this sense of independence that I would define as hyper independence Mm -hmm. and I began to shut off any kind of help because I believe that people didn't want to help me anyway Mm -hmm. It was one of those things where I asked for help in a really specific way. And maybe not everyone around me caught on to what I was asking for. I didn't get the help I received. And I was like, oh, I stuck my hand out there once. Never again. I I got this. I got this on my own. I don't need nobody. And then I developed a relationship with this girl that I met at the bar. And then that relationship started to get more serious. And then I ended up putting a baby in her. And then I ended up eventually marrying her. And she stopped me like, hey, yo. You get, you have to need people. Hmm. And then I ended up owning a business where she stops me sometimes and be like, yo, you have to need people. Hmm. She, she's right. She's right. But it's so hard to turn that thing on. Of course. When it not being on has a, has gotten you to a point when you're having this conversation on this podcast and you can't really see how much you could have benefited from the inverse train of thought, yeah, you know. So that's 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 trauma. That that one's probably a little bit bigger, but you would think that just, just I mean, my mom passed and the trauma sprinkles a million different ways, sure. But that one specific area, just me going out and getting my apartment and me having these jobs and mm-hmm. me paying for college, I paid my way through undergrad and working the whole time and part time job, mm.
2: yeah. Can I share an insecurity um, that I relate to in that space? I would love if you did. <laughs> I I recognize that I'm a bit of the opposite. I I enjoy asking for help. Part of my job is asking questions. So I I I kind of taught myself at a young age. I was like, don't be afraid to ask questions. That's the thing. Do it. And then I realized that once people know you need them, I'm very afraid of that. I I realize that I I hate when I my friend. I just had experience with one of my best friends. I was like damn, you know how much I love you. And sometimes that freaks me out. You know how much I enjoy your opinion, your thoughts, your experiences, Uh, my siblings, my friends, the people that are the closest to me. I think they all know how much I love them. And that scares me. That makes me want to recoil. That makes me want to say, oh damn, you're, you're too, you're too needy. Maybe you should step back. Maybe you should stop meeting people. Go back and do this yourself. You used to know how to do this yourself. Go back, go back, find that, go back. And it's a really interesting thing. I, um, I'll share a quick story, and I'm sharing these things, guys, because first, like, you have to; it's human, human. Second, I think a lot of us deal with these things and 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 just again don't share them. Um, oh, that's yeah, that's <laughs> not uncommon. What you're
0: saying, as a therapist, and sit, I sit in a room with people who divulge their most inner thoughts all right, the time. Right, I, right, right. You, you haven't said anything to me that I have. That's crazy, heard right? Many, many people. Yeah, everybody it's, feels that way, right? You're and we just. One.
2: Oh, it's, it's my sister. She's 18. She's heading to college soon. And, um, I I like being that big sister to her. I enjoy it so much. It's a fun role. Right. And sometimes I, I put boundaries out there. I'm like, guys, I'm busy today. Nobody bother me. And they're like, okay, cool. She's busy. And so some days they, they don't bother me. And some days they do. And I, I think I realize I secretly like being bothered, but I say like, leave me alone. I'm working. Right. And so there was a day that it just happened recent. And, um, and she didn't need me. They were talking about college stuff downstairs. I could hear that they were, that was what they were discussing, and I wasn't being asked, I wasn't being called, I wasn't being interrupted, I, they, the, the boundary worked. And I cried, I started crying. I was like, they don't need me to help her with this huge thing. And she came upstairs like hours later, she was like, hey, I wanted to talk to you about blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm really not in the mood to talk right now. And she was like, do you wanna talk about why you're not in the mood? And I was like, I don't wanna ruin your mood. And I know that this is just me, so give me one second. And so we ended up talking about it and I said, I just realized that you might not need me all the time. I just realized my boundaries actually worked and I'm I'm freaked out. I had no idea what it looked like when they work, right? We pushed that for Mm. all, the whole year happened and we were all talking about boundaries through captions. And I was like, (laughs) y'all, what happens when I work though? (laughs) what happens when you're not as needed? What happened when that role became the role we play? Again, this is all leading back to relationships and how we see and do and feel worthy in those relationships mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. like for you to feel like it's best for me to be the guy who doesn't need so I avoid it and I just heard that and I'm like wow that's interesting because on the opposite I was like maybe it's best for me to be needed so that I always feel loved and then finding out that doesn't do it either
0: <laughs> so well we're also battling two different things I'm an only child and you're the oldest
2: mm. Look at that! Oh wow, wow! The, the, the family, being the family friends structure is a the... heavy role. Heck
0: yeah! Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Wow, it's a completely different mindset. For sure. And also remember that it's it's a lot of things going on there, right? It's also the we things that disrupt familiar familiarity to us. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you can hate your job and still have a process within your job that you don't want to be interrupted while you're doing it. you know? So you and your sister have a really specific relationship and that relationship has had an identity that has changed and morphed, but had probably a very similar outermost shell for years. And now that shell has been cracked because she's getting older and she's going to be more independent. And just because you don't love being bothered, that doesn't (laughs) mean you haven't grown fond of the connection and what happens during that transaction when you help her you get something different. That, that dopamine hit different on that one because it's the relationship and it's the familiarity. Sure. But So there are a lot of things happening in that situation. So I don't find it odd that you cry, that your boundaries work. Like, I, I don't find that odd at all. I don't love every boundary that I have to set, by the way. Sometimes I feel like I'm being too rigid. I don't always, and this is my transparency with you. Maybe this will help you out a little bit. In my DMs, I get so many DMs. Um, that like I can refresh and never see like the same DM twice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's people who are just like, hey, man, I love your work. You know, I really appreciate it. it helped me. It helped me get through. Boom, boom, boom. Sometimes it's like, hey, yo, I feel like I don't want to live here anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's a scary DM to get when you get 10, 15 of them within a two week span. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that says, I'm a helper, I have to help people that's what I do. Mm -hmm. There's another part of me that says there's not enough work that I can do with you with the bandwidth that I have to get you from there to there. I can't answer all, I answer as many as I can. I can't answer all of them. Mm -hmm. I have to set a boundary because a person who is drowning will drown you too if you try to save them. What they say, put on your oxygen mask first, that's going to take me beyond my bandwidth. And then same question your homie gave you, who am I serving at that point? sure because i sure. i still have me that i need to pour into and my family so it's it's tough like it's it's complex these feelings that we have yeah and i think it's beautiful that you were able to experience that happiness and that sadness at the same time that's like flavor profiles when you get some sweet and smoky and so you know <laughs> what i'm saying like I, I i love that and maybe like that level of sadness we have a weird relationship with it as people
1: sure. but
0: uh i think it speaks to the transaction and the bond and and what's what you all what you all's relationships identity has been for so long and now this transition to this different identity because sure. dope shit is going to come she's about to become her own woman in another way she's going to come back she's going to college
2: oh mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh,
0: she's going to come back a different she's going to find
2: herself right right, right. she's going
0: she's going to come back and she's going to be able to talk to you on a more
2: adult level that's, I know you're like, this is my baby. Sister. I know. <laughs> you see, I'm like, uh, more adult than I get right now because the girl's yeah. big. You know, and I it's. No, but this is this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is what's supposed to happen, though. Yeah. This is how yeah. it's supposed
2: to go. Yeah. And it's, see, it's it's beautiful because there's something interesting about the word supposed to and the word should, right? Uh, just, I just use supposed to. I never use should, ironically. Mm. Huh,
0: are you supposed to? Yeah. I hate should, I hate should, but I kinda like supposed
2: to, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know how different they are now that you pulled me up on that. Cause I just heard something different. When you said it's supposed to be, It felt, it felt, felt, it felt right. I was like, you know what? Change is supposed to happen. That's the only constant we understand, but it's the only one that we actually have no, you know, no secure relationship with. At the same time, Damn. when someone says should, I feel immediately judged and all these other things that come with should. And so I was like, wow, what an interesting. So as soon as you said that, I was like, that might be a healthier way, but I don't know. Yeah, might just I be you know and I. Either.
0: You, you raised a good point. I, I think to me, supposed to sounds like if all things just go on a straight road this is what will naturally happen Mm -hmm. and should feels like a judgment that is cut out of some particular person's moral fabric and that's being posed on me Mm -hmm. I think that's why that man I would love if your listeners could tell me what they get from that that's Um, good Because that's what I get, but it's a good argument that like here they're the same thing, bro. What you talking about?
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I definitely hear the difference. I'm like, wow, I heard it when you said it. I heard I I felt relieved when you said it versus, I mean, I literally never feel relieved when I hear should. And and when I I usually feel triggered when I hear should. So it's and I think most of us do, right? And so Mm -hmm. even I'd like to go back to your daughter, and I, I love that you bring her up. Thank you so much for sharing your experience with her, but I recognize as I've been building an even more adult relationship with my parents, that reparenting that happens, right? So you're a young parent, you have a young daughter, and you are making choices to do things that were different in your, than your experience. But at the same time, are you reparenting your inner child while parenting her? And are you mm. recognizing that as it's happening? Dang, man, that's a good question, you uh I think I am. I think I'm
0: reparenting myself. Um in some ways it's it that's a tough proposition because just becoming a parent and just being on this side of responsibility for another human Mm. Um, it gives you this deep conscientiousness of like, damn, you know. I I I think most boys between the ages of twelve and seventeen we go to war with our moms. That's just kind of what happens, mm. and uh, especially if your mom's a single mom, um, we just have differences. But uh, it's I'm I'm going back to that time, and I'm just thinking like, man, she was right. I really didn't mm. understand understand the world so it's for me i think that just looks like going back and reconciling with the fact that as an adult the world looks a lot different and I, i i just didn't have a lot of understanding in some of my most formulative years which sucks because the years where you understand the least are the most
2: pivotal of your life it's so weird I'm like, God, what's the setup, buddy? <laughs> like, let me know what the setup is. There's and you said it. There are no, we don't know the real rule. So that's why I'm like, guys, we're kind of living in a game. So we should just play like humans. But you know, that's another story. Continue because I love where you're
0: stop making, right. stop making so much sense. No one hear that. <laughs> be absurd, be alarmist, be reactionary. That's what we like. That's the salty chip. That's what our brain is a hardwired to gravitate towards give me, um, give me more of that.
2: Yeah I, I hate yeah. it I hate it uh, <laughs> I, I, I do, want us to yeah. I want us to have the chips at the party but I want us to be okay with okay I like chips. I also like a little bit of um, you know cookies. I'm willing mm-hmm. to go over here and do this and none of this mm-hmm. questions my worthiness. None of this mm-hmm. questions if I'm good enough. It's a dip, as I'm saying it, I am working on it. As I'm saying it, I believe here is working on it because I believe we're in this present experience trying to be willing to evolve. Yeah.
0: I don't know, it's, yeah. You're right, no, you're absolutely right. But this is where it starts. With people like you who who speak into their microphone these truths
1: Mm.
0: that, that are willing to talk about the climb. I am so tired of reading people's books about after they, you know, already made it to the mountaintop. Shout out to Lovey Jaya Jones. I've been reading her book, Professional Troublemaker. Yes. I'm, a, I'm a wild. I'm a wildly plug her right now Love because that. that book talks about like her imposter syndrome and how she felt like she wasn't ready for that TED talk. And I saw the TED talk. I'm like, you weren't ready for what? But she talks about that. Mm. Yeah. See, yeah. but we see the outside. All we saw was the presentation. We see behind the curtain you know? So people like you who share these experiences and who are so open and honest, man, I really believe you can't be what you can't see. And you're the change. Like this is how we fix it. You having these conversations, it matters. It matters.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Because I wouldn't have felt like we could go there if I didn't see that we could go there. I didn't feel that we can go there. I didn't resonate. Right. And so I just want to also thank you in that space. And I know that we've talked so much about the balance of, you know what? Let me delete balance because this, my question is, is there strategic vulnerability or is the truth? There's no way to protect yourself at the same time of being vulnerable. You just have to do it. Or is there, mm. because I know that in the belonging and then we're all looking for belonging. We're all looking for deep, deep love at the end of the day. We're still trying to be out here and not get, you know, right. not getting. I know nobody's trying to get God, right? I'm not trying to get God. I'm not trying to have you play me. I I personally hate being played, <laughs> so I know that. I don't think everybody
0: loves being played.
2: <laughs> you're right. You know, some people seem to not be mad at it, but I don't like being played. And I seem to. I I see. <laughs> I see myself getting nervous of my vulnerability and cutting it off when I'm about to feel like that. That thing. That's my thing. That I'm like, okay, Stace, you recognize it. Don't. Don't leave the vulnerable, but you recognize that's happening, right? And so it's like I want to, I want to encourage people to go back outside. I we're out there, it's summer. We all had a very different experience in pandemic. We're never gonna be able to finish that conversation in one, in one um, cookout, in one hangout, in one intimate conversation. It's not happening. And so, how do we re-enter each other? Is there some strategicness to this vulnerability thing? Or are we just, can we just go outside and do this?
0: Man, I think that's gonna depend on who you are. I'm I'm always a fan of things that aren't binary. So right. um, I I the way I look at vulnerability is the same way I look at friendship. I have a close circle of friends, and all of them do very different things for me. Like, and it's not like, oh, this is how I use you. No, it's these yeah. individuals. I met them at different points in my life. They know me in different ways and they have different like individual skill sets that are valuable to my life. Mm-hmm. I have one friend that I call and all we do is talk shit and it makes me feel great. I have one friend, all I do, uh, we call and all we do is talk about how our city used to be back in the day. You know, it's so it's it's these different pieces. I use my friends for different things and I think the same way about vulnerability. I, it's different levels of vulnerability. Like it's this the bronze package for people that i i just meet that i feel like i'm having a connection with i give them the bronze package then there's a the silver package that's a little bit more and mm-hmm. it goes all the way up to the platinum package mm-hmm. which is me giving you full vulnerability because i feel I, I, our relationship has given me the evidence that this right. is a safe space to transfer and we both can positively benefit from this interaction
2: sure
0: sure the tough thing is because to your point we're all big babies out here seeking this greater love and acceptance even when we say we don't and even when we say we're unbothered or whatever the avoidance tool is now yeah we we still we still want those things and um it's 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 tough the reality facing the reality that it may not come to you the way you would like it
1: sure sure
0: that's, that's a, that's a tough reality to be crashed into at a thousand miles per hour. Right. So, and, and then because we want this greater love, sometimes we jump the gun and we give people the platinum package when we first meet. Mm,
2: yeah. Not, not seeking the trust, seeking just the, um, maybe it's a dopamine thing we're looking for. Maybe it's, oh, oh yeah. yes, yes, yes. You're it's a, it. it's a
0: lot. It's a lot there. A lot there. Yeah. It also depends on whether you're a man or a woman. It also depends on how you identify with your gender. Women are raised to believe that they need men. Men aren't raised to believe that they need women in the same capacity. Mm -hmm. So we become adults with two different urgencies to get into a point of a relationship. And then where where men kind of get the short end of the stick or where we fall short rather is we don't realize that urgency until our bodies start breaking down. Until you're not, Mm. until you, you know, the hairline ain't as thick as it used to be and the back starting to ache a little bit. And it's not like, oh, my shelf life is going away. It's like, oh, wow, life is really getting away from me. And I don't have a person to accumulate it with. Mm. And then at that point, we just start grabbing, man. It's it's like Black Friday when you feel like there's a time clock. I got to be married, have a baby by, by 30. Do you know what kind of items you're going to, you're going to grab on Black Friday that you won't wish you never purchased come March? <laughs> Gosh. So, that, no, it's not, it's not their fault. It's just, it, it's what it is.
2: That's what I'm saying. So like everyone's a man, there are men outside, there are women outside. They, they want to be with each other and somehow we can't figure it out. You just, hit. <laughs> we, we want each other. We ju- you just said that our urgency might be different. But we're all going outside because at the end of the day, we're trying to see who can we connect with. Let's be real. Most studies show that us going outside, 90 percent of the reason is we want to see if we can have an either a sexual experience, uh, uh, some kind of, you know, personal human experience, whatever, heart mm-hmm. experience. That's why we do and continue to try and believe and and fairy tale and idealize some of these relationships and experiences that we have we're having. Yet men and women's communication can be so off. Something I've noticed is women will say, God, I want a man who's vulnerable, but secretly make fun of it because they've never experienced it and don't actually know what it's looked like and don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Men say, I want a boss. I want her to look like this. I want her to act like this. I want her to talk like this. Then she doesn't. like, I have no idea how to handle this. And really, I don't like that. You're kind of confronting with my manhood. I'm like, Hey guys, 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 this doesn't work. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> We're missing the mark again. We're doing it again. Uh, so I, I have so much grace and love for us, but at the end of the day, like, what are we, what are we missing in that communication? What, because even as a woman, I, I text a friend, I said, I'm going to have Kira on my podcast. I'm super excited. She goes, can you ask him? She, she's the first, she said, none of my questions I want to ask you to him are on brand. I said, no, the brand the human, human is an evolving. we evolve with the human. We're good to go. And she's like, I want to know why guys are how they are and how come he's how he is. And he's vulnerable with his wife and he's open, but guys aren't doing that. And I was like, not sure I'm going to ask him that, but, but I knew, that's I know question. what she's talking about. Right. I know yeah. what she needed. Mm-hmm. And, and as women, we're also, ha- yeah, yeah. I mean, let's get into that.
0: We're missing the kind comm- of uh, that that's, uh, it's such a nuance. First off, I'm not going to pretend to have the answer to that question. Right. I only have hunches and theories. Um, this is the thing. I don't have issues with men being vulnerable when I talk to them. Mm. I don't, I, I, I don't have those issues with some men. I'm not going to say that. I think that men and women are socialized. I don't look at gender. I look at gender as two completely different cultures. Like, you know how in, on the continent of Asia there's Japan and there's India, <laughs> you Very know what I'm culture. saying? Very different cultures. Same continent, they're both Asians. Right, right. Sa- mm. Same continent. So I, I kind of look at gender that way, men and women, same continent, completely different cultures. And what we're, what we're told to believe, what we're allowed to be as children kind of informs the adults that we become. My daughter, every time I pick up a shirt for her says juicy or some goofy shit. I look at the boys section, it says scientists. It's that stuff matters. That stuff matters, and the inverse, when every time I turn on the TV, there's a woman cooking in the kitchen, and real talk four times out of the week sometimes, I'm in the kitchen cooking, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So it it goes back to like, where's the evidence, and where do you get this information from? I don't know, I I, I don't know. I think I'm I'm this particular way because of my lived experiences. Um, I'm a person who loves to live in the gray. Um, I love questions that don't have answers. I love discovery. I love non-ambiguity. Also, I actually, I love ambiguity rather. Um, I love things that are versatile and fit into different roles. Mm. And I understand manhood from a place of uh, being largely performative Mm. and not really having any real evidence to support that these things exist or these things work. But the way that I go about manhood has been working for me. And it's crazy that I released a video about that and it got a few million people to watch. So I'm like, oh, I'm not alone. It's just it's not just me. Right. I think that it's one of those things where the times have kind of sped up, but the idea of manhood and what boys are fed really hasn't. Like the same things that are listen, if you are in 2021, what you're requesting out of your potential partner is not the same thing you would have requested in 1999. It's a different world. And it's hard for people to catch up with the social, um, the, 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 the expectations of today's social climate, even when it's Mm. imperative for them to do so. So, and, and another thing, that it's, it's scary to talk, it's scary for me. I had a lot of people, I used to not talk about black women out loud, like even in a positive regard, because I was afraid that something I say will get misconstrued and I get canceled. And I can tell you from the men that I talk to, that's a very common thing. Um, and, and it's, it's tough because I feel like the dudes on Twitter that say black women ain't shit have such a large share of voice. And here I am tucked in a corner. I ain't the only dude I know that's like this, mm-hmm. but his voice is louder than mine. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna represent so many more black men than I do. And then it gets reinforced when you go out and date and sit in front of a black man and he says something stupid to you mm-hmm. because he just doesn't understand that that is socially not acceptable At this point in time, it's not because he's a black man, necessarily. It's just because he's an idiot in that body, Mm. you know, or he's and I don't want to say idiot because that's a judgment, but he's a person that doesn't understand what's going on. He doesn't understand that what he's saying right now is inappropriate or what he's doing right now is, is making people uncomfortable. Or he's giving off machismo, and that's not what the situation calls for. Sure. And that's not to take away from the fact that he doesn't have the right to impose that on you. Right. But what's happening right now? Two people in two different realities. Right. Um. So I don't. I don't want to group all black men into one monolith, and I don't want to say like, oh, you know, I don't want to judge all of us by the least of us. But it's hard. There is all of that on top of a mistrust for women to take what I say is vulnerability and not use it against me in a moment when I'm trying to be vulnerable. Or you know, masculinity yes, is mad little. Yeah, masculinity yeah, yeah. don't have a lot of meat on the bones. It's right. not femininity. You don't come into your manhood like you come into your womanhood. Mm. If I ask a dude, how do you know you're a man? I guarantee it's gonna come from two places: either financial. I knew when I could pay my own bills, I had my own rent. It's gonna come from a sexual place. And if your only ties to masculinity are sexual and financial based, when you don't have those two, you don't know who you are. So you just piece that shit together from whatever you see on TV, whatever you hear from the media. How am I supposed to know I'm supposed to sit and have a conversation with you when I know this sounds crazy and the media says all I gotta do is buy you a Birkin. All mm-hmm. I gotta do is show you off and call you queen. All the performative bullshit. Right. It's not gonna make you feel whole. So mm-hmm. it's just, I think we're just ships missing each other in the night. Uh, But it's, I don't don't know. I think men are terrified to speak that way. I think that a lot of men are still developing the language. I had a mom who was very big on me speaking my emotions. She encouraged that she instilled that in me. Mm. Her idea, she never imposed the idea of manhood in me. I was allowed to be a child. When I was Mm. 13, she didn't expect me to be the man of the house. I didn't have that responsibility on my head. So my development is in a different way. Um, I think we need to look at what happens to black boys. And and I know it's easy to look at the symptomatic, what black men demonstrate. And I I get that at least the things that frustrate people about black men. And my question is always, well, you know, the duck don't, the duck ain't just a duck. The duck was Mm -hmm. an egg. Of course. What happened between egg and him being a duck? What did the world do to him? What, what, What did the world feed him? What steps did he miss? What is he not now feeding himself because of those traumatic parts of his past that he doesn't have the words to connect with the feelings? So um, there's many ways you can look at that. That can sound like rationale, or it can sound like an excuse. I I can't tell you which way to process that, but on both sides of the aisle, there's just a lot of missing of the fundamental elements of why people are the way they are
2: yeah and i think the same thing goes for women as well i remember you know it's just wow first thank you for sharing that really amazing perspective and i i hope it opens us up to just because we can do the excuse thing i think it's easier to say like oh well that's it but we were all raised in a certain way that literally contributes to how we are now we have to really be okay to identify that it's more of the fact that the nuance of finding where do you go from here and i keep bringing it back to worthiness because I find that it's really hard to confront our BS and not think we're not enough at the same time. It's really hard to walk into our problem and be like, you're just a problem. You're not me. We're very Mm -hmm. like, the problem is me, which means I'm not about to hit and sit with my problem and hang out with my problem all week. I don't want to do that. I understand Mm -hmm. that. It's very difficult to do that. I mean, I hate it every time I'm doing it as well, but it is something I'm trying, I'm like learning to separate from ourselves, right? So if we learn to separate what black boys experience, deal with, we're told, we're, we're socialized to believe versus the men we are experiencing. We can, that's why I thought it would be important to say, guys, like, let's just all get help and let's all just be. And people are like, no, like we got to stay this, we got to do. And that's when I started feeling the pain of, wait, are we ever going to like switch it up though? Because women are also doing the same thing as a woman. I remember being in a relationship and this guy was like, wait, like, are you going to cook for me? Are you going to do this? And I was like, I mean, for someone who knows my power as a, fem, as, a fem, as a feminine energy, I can't believe how insecure I got when that guy was like, are you going to cook for me? I was like, why am I so insecure right now? Because at that time, cooking was not my favorite thing to do. Now the pandemic brought it out of me, truly. But before that, I was like, I don't, I'm not, mm. I'm, I'm busy. So mm-hmm. I was so like, I'm not woman enough for him. I'm not this, I'm not. It was terrible. It was terrible. Mm. And it was such an interesting, weird, <laughs> like, it, and so- If I know as a woman I'm experiencing, I know men are experiencing it. And that's why my, I just thought we were going to want to like squash it. (laughs) Right. And like, and you just said it so beautifully in the sense of we have to examine our, our young, our, our, our adolescents, but that's why I'm wondering about our reparenting now. Are we willing to do the reparenting or is that the part that's so uncomfortable that we're just going to try to skip it? Which by the way, guys, it won't work if we try to skip it. I have tried. Oh, no.
0: Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you can convince yourself that it works, but mm-hmm. it'll always catch up and remind you that it doesn't. Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's, yeah, I that's, you raise a really interesting point there. Um, I don't know. I don't have much faith as, <laughs> man, somebody's going to like, man, dog, give us some hope. No, um, <laughs> I don't have much, I don't have as much faith that us as a collective, <laughs> men and women, just as a group. Like, we're never going to, like, have a hold hands kumbaya moment because it's too many individuals with too many individual motivations that compete. Like, that's never going to happen. But as individuals on an individual basis, if we can kind of disrobe ourselves of, like, some of these harmful gender roles, like, oh, because you're a woman, you're supposed to cook for me. Never Never mind, you're a host, and you have your podcast, and you have a whole life that's going on, and you don't even like to cook. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, at that time, you know, now I'm obsessed, but at, yes, at you're the, right. At that time, at genuinely time. wasn't my thing. So totally triggered something I didn't know, but yes, continue.
1: Yeah. And,
0: yeah. and now you're made to feel less than because mm. you don't subscribe to that particular that particular part of that gender role. Mm-hmm. That's That's the entire problem in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. It's not your fault you had that reaction. That's the reaction of feeling like, oh, I'm doing something wrong because I'm going against what the stereotype or what the norm said I should be. Uh, and that goes back to that conversation about flexibility mm. and the strength being in flexibility and not in the rigidity of, oh, this is my role, this is what I'm supposed to do. Rather, the flexibility of, oh, this is an expected role, that's cool, but this is kind of how I show up in the world and this is what I do. How can I make these two things merge? And that's yeah. a hard ask in the moment when, like, all the shit the world told you was true comes crashing in your brain and you feel it some kind of way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're so human. You're so human, like just, you have this way of just speaking to the heart. And I feel like you you fall under the same issue that I do where we, we want that for the world so much that we forget that this is an ability that we uniquely have. And everyone can come into the understanding that this ability exists, but I've recently had to accept the fact that not everyone has the bandwidth to get there. That's so hard to accept. It is, but it's the truth. It doesn't make it any less of the truth, me not saying it. Um, Doesn't mean, I don't know what percentage of people are, are unable to get there, but I encourage everybody to try because more often than not, you're a person that can get there if you don't quit and you keep digging and you keep self exploring you're very self exploratory like you you dig you don't just go on the surface and spread out you dig deep into the what and the why and even though it's uncomfortable I, I i can't speak for you but i would i would imagine that it's less uncomfortable than the pain of recycling the same behaviors and getting the same outcomes over and over
2: again yeah and it is i i would say that one thing that i I bring up a lot is because I made the choice to be self-exploratory and to be in the weeds of this stuff. Cause mind you, it took, it took a minute. That was the, that was depression I hadn't experienced before. Cause now you're, I mean, you are up against your self-worth that whole time before you decide to separate, you're up against it. You're sitting in it. Like, so I'm not what I thought I was. I'm not this person. I'm not amazing. I'm not all this stuff stuff comes up and it is, it is hard. I cannot lie to y'all, but I think while I was doing it, I, my excitement was if we all do this, whoa, we get to love deeper. We get to talk deeper. We get to be what we actually want versus what the expectations of what we want. Right. Like we get to do that. And mm-hmm. that's the interesting pool. And, and some days it's not easy. I just had a tough day with myself a couple of days ago that the, the experience of my mom, I was like, are you doing it again? Are you not this? Are you, are your boundaries not intact? Like all that stuff was coming up, but again, because I recognize this is a journey and I want us to recognize that together. That's why this podcast exists. That's why I wanna have these conversations. I wanna, I can't force us to do it. I know that, but part of me is like, but if we don't, we don't get to do what I believe we're really here to do. We don't get to really Absolutely. feel the fullness. And so mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's an interesting thing where you, t- you, you spoke so clearly about you being okay with the gray area. And I think that's wonderful, but I think there's a piece there that you must have identified And, and decided this piece is enough for me. So can you talk about the peace you have, and how to how we can all find that? And it's not going to happen for everybody in the same time, it's not going to happen in the same way. But are there some tools to finding peace in just the discovery process of what this life is?
0: Yeah, it's it is it is, and it's it's the many shades of gray, the the gunmetal, the battleship gray, the the hunter gray, the, <laughs> and 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 all of the warm and cool, beautiful hues. Um, my piece is is like I said earlier, just saying that there has to be a floor. I can fall into a wind tunnel of questions. Well, why is it this way? Well, why is it that way? Well, why do I? At some point, I have to say, you know what? This is where I am. This is what I think. This is what I'm willing to accept in this Mm -hmm. moment. This is what I'm not.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: what I what I try to do is not try to live by the live by the cheers or die by the booze. Like you said, it's a journey. A journey isn't just like you don't just keep walking forever. You need rest. Mm. You're going to have regressions where you need rest for two days and you're not going to be able to walk. Mm. So I understand that the highs are a part of my journey just as much as the lows. Mm. And instead of telling myself like, oh, I deserve the highs, I stay in the gray. The gray is where I typically am. So when the highs come, I savor every morsel of Mm. that delicious winning and when the lows come I brace myself and I try to remember that the lows are only for a moment and they are part of the journey I can't always win
2: yeah yeah
0: I can't always win sometimes you you never technically win and I had to come to the decision like either I'm gonna drive myself crazy or I'm gonna just embrace the and stay in the middle and and detach the idea that the highs define me or the lows define me as opposed to the entire process defining my ability to walk through it. I'm a different person, it's just one journey, I'm on a million different journeys. You know, Um, I, I tried to just get away from the guilt of what should be I try to get away the guilt of what I deserve or in the fear of what may happen if what I deserve doesn't go my way. Mm-hmm. Um, and staying middling is hard. It's about tempering your own expectations. Mm-hmm. When good news happens, I'm I'm very grateful for it. And I try to sit in the moment and really appreciate it. And when bad news happens, I try to sit in the moment and understand it and feel what I feel and not just try to solution my way out of it because it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I need to be sad for two days. I'm sad for two days. You know, if I need to cry, then I'm going to cry. You know, it's not my favorite thing to do in the world, which is his own story, you know, but it's, I'm I'm accepting every single piece of the process equally. Yeah. the highs the lows in the middle that's what's worked for me
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's what's worked for me
2: do you mind sharing the underlying lie that you had to confront to
0: embrace
2: <laughs> this moment
0: um yeah the underlying lie I had to confront was that because I'm a good person I deserve Because I'm a good, just by virtue of being a good person, only good things in life are going to happen to me. And if bad things in life happen to me, it's because I either wasn't, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. I wasn't obedient to an inner voice or I somehow deserved it. That is a lie. Shit just happens sometimes. Like every day, there's a news report where someone fatally dies in a car crash, and you don't really think about it. But that person is someone's family member, and their day is, and their day, their morning, their life is forever changed. It happens to everybody. Whatever it is, no matter how unfortunate or how wonderful it is, it happens to everyone. What makes you think you're the exception? Hmm because you live in your reality. You have a friend who
2: talks shit about everybody.
0: What makes you think you're the exception?
2: Ooh. Ooh. What were we taught that makes us, is is it the hierarchy of needing to be special and find the top and so that's how we allowed ourselves to be or think we're the exception? Good
0: question, I don't know, I don't know. I would guess it's because I think we're like, Humans are like the Earth, like like Earthlings, like how we're just like everything is just about the Earth, or like Americans, how Americans think like America is the only place on the planet, the only place with freedom. Terribly,
2: <laughs> terribly, it's it's, and you know what's crazy about that? Like, we're we're Americans, so we're a part of it. I have you tried know, to
1: separate.
2: Yeah. I've tried to separate myself. I'm like Americans are always, and I'm like Stacey, you're you're Nigerian you're American. American. Yeah. Yeah, Which, you were raised uh, in. That's, America.
0: Uh, yeah that's that's tough too because we have a lot of resentment behind how we became Americans that's another that's another story but it does speak to the complexity of identity through situation
1: yeah you
0: know how you identify with where you are based on what's happened because nothing exists in just this present state it came from somewhere um yeah, yeah, we we I I would guess that we we just think our universe is the only one that exists because it's the only one that we have lived experience with. Right, that would be my guess. I don't. That's not scientific knowledge. I don't quote me. I don't, I don't right. know. That would that be my best guess.
2: Right. <laughs> What's yeah. the last thing you forgave yourself for for the first time?
0: <clears throat> the way that my my the way that fear and anger and resentment overtook me when I found out I was going to be a father for the first time Mm. I was not happy yeah and I I held a lot of resentment to um that situation for a very long time um in a lot of different ways
2: do you mind taking us through that a bit
0: yeah, man, like this is a touchy subject, but there's something I trust y'all with this. Hopefully I don't get canceled. I was raised to believe a woman's body, her rights, I have nothing there. That's I have no dog in that fight. There's something about when you when you're a young man who impregnates somebody, you realize that you no longer have autonomy over your own future because the decision of what happens next is not yours. And there is something that is just deeply infuriating about that. And mm-hmm. if we just look at these co-parenting relationships, there are a lot of men that never recover from that. And even though those individuals, I don't know what they do as a result of that. And I, don't, I won't forgive any, like, ill actions that happen as a result of that. I understand that feeling, and it doesn't come from nowhere. And the argument is also, "Well, you made you you laid in the bed, so that's 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 what happens." And I just have an issue when people even do that to women. Well, she she knew that boy was like that. I don't know why she decided to date him. And mm-hmm. it's it, it lives in the same family where you, you you assume that because someone knows what the worst possible outcome is, that they deserve to have it happen to them and not saying that one is more severe than the other but just saying those comparatives live in the same house and um, this isn't a life that i envisioned for myself
1: mm. and it
0: took me a long time to realize that this life is more in so many different directions mm. but It's not the life you envision for yourself. You feel some kind of way and you grow resentment that people don't deserve. And that resentment can live with you loving your child and loving the mother of your child and loving them collectively and individually and still have that deep resentment. Mm -hmm. Um, And that it took a lot to let that go. It took a lot to let that go. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not something I've never heard. I've never heard any man speak out loud about, but when we talk, we whisper in the shadow. We whisper about it, you know, um, so I forgave myself for that, and I also had to, um, I also have to dedicate time to making sure that my wife thoroughly forgives me for that, because that, that affected her too. My daughter's too young to know, so I don't think there's any apologies in order, but this is recorded right now, and it lives forever, She's going to see this and she's going to know how immensely loved she was. But I think I'd be doing her a disservice if I didn't give her insight into the journey. It didn't start that way. It sure. started as your father being terrified and not feeling supported and not feeling like he had adequate voice or any any moves to make in that situation and having to deal with life on life's terms. Sure. Um, but it's the best thing that ever happened to me. It is the not even a close mm. second. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. So yeah, that was a, that's a tough refrain, um, mm. and and it I can see how a lot of men never make that jump, that cognitive leap. I get it, but I think there's a way to fight through that. Depending, my my wife is also a really specific kind of woman, and she helped me through that a lot. She encourages me, and I I hope the world gets to see more of the way that she loves me and how contributory that love is the person that you all see um
1: oh that's good
0: yeah it's deep man it's so much deeper than matching jordans and kissing under waterfalls whatever goofy shit we hashtag or matching at the mall
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> jesus christ
2: thank you for sharing that thank you for sharing that. you
0: got good energy oh yo. yeah you, you make me feel comfortable to share there's so many men that don't trust women enough to share that um But I feel like by even saying that, I will argue that that benefits women having that insight, you know? Mm. I, I I trust the people who listen to this, and I trust the women who listen to this to listen be like, huh, even if I disagree, I can see where you're coming from. Because right. it's because I want us all to be better, yo. I'm not trying to, I, I I have no intent on demeaning anyone or making anyone feel less than. I'm, I'm here for families. I'm here sure. for people. I'm here for Black families. And yeah. if Black men and Black women don't get their shit together, there is no Black family it don't exist
2: yeah what a beautiful Beautiful. insight what a beautiful insight and a beautiful part of the truth and the journey that it does take I know we we have these expectations of men and women and the fact that you just shared that yes as a man I know how to take responsibility but there's a there's a part of me that has to decide to take responsibility and love it and 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 wreck with that right and Mm -hmm. it's it's so wonderful you shared that because I I think something that I won't lie, it's a fear that's like probably back here that I very much avoid is that, am mm-hmm. I going to be woman enough to deal with the things that come in a marriage? I'm not married, I'm single now. And I know that women are strong, right? That's a that's the thing. And I know I'm a strong woman, but I'm also soft, tired, bored. Really like to hang out and chill. Don't always want to do the most. Love doing the most sometimes. Like there's a thing, right? And and men, we say, well, they should want to be providers. Do they really want to give us all them, all their money? Do they? You know, we say we. But let's just really be real about it. Like, do they want to you, give us man. all?
0: Like, you would not know Amy would get along really well.
2: I'm Y'all just let me know when really I can come. Well. I'm coming by yeah. because
0: yeah, you got it's to. It's a scary For truth.
2: Stuff. Yeah. I know it's a scary. Yeah. I personally, yes. I want a man who says I want to take care of my woman. Not gonna lie. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. But am I also going to have to reckon with the fact that sometimes my guys like, Hey, listen, and I've actually already thought about that because I like to make sure my man feels taken care of as well. There's this weird thing that we do with expectations. My woman wants this, but does she really want to do that? We just say that they want to do it because we have the body parts and the type and the mindset and the build to do it, but we're all selfish. Guys, and <laughs> that comes with decision making to be and to and to step into these beautiful roles that yeah. are technically beautiful, but come with some stuff. So I cannot thank you enough for sharing that. And I, lo- I mean, if there's parts that also that what I just brought up brings up for you anything, but I mean, I don't know. It's like I don't know. Women are probably gonna be like, "Girl, what?" I know, y'all. I'm I'm going both sides here. I'm going all the sides. Let,
0: I'll I'll tell you this. I uh, I'm pretty sure that they are side eyeing. Uh, they may be, but I, I understand why because <laughs> I listen to the voices that go into women's heads sure. and it's undermining and it's demeaning and it's belittling and it sets a standard for beauty and a standard for motherhood and a standard for feminism that isn't realistic mm. and it's too much of an ass for women. That's crazy. That's crazy. That doesn't make sense. But no one stops off the ride and be like, yo, this shit is crazy. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Like what? <laughs> I see what my wife goes through, and I'm like, nah, <laughs> like nah, I'm ready to fight somebody because that don't make sense.
1: right.
0: But those are the roles that that sometimes we believe we have to play or sometimes that we actually have to play, given the circumstances in life that we're that, that we're forced with. Um, I just, um, I want the best. I want the best. I want, I want us to to be able to have honest conversations about where we are. I want us to embrace our shortcomings, you know, and and not see our weaknesses as indictments on our overall beings, but just a symptom of our humanness. Yeah. Um, I it's I think it can happen in small groups collectively. Nah, like I, collectively, you you, collectively, like niggas ain't shit. Culture is always going to exist, mm-hmm. you know, and and collectively, there's always going to be a group of men who don't feel secure enough in themselves to not dim a woman's light in order for theirs to shine. Mm. Those those parties are always going to exist. Mm. Those are the hot and the colds, and they're the loudest on Twitter, and they're the loudest on Instagram. But I would, I would argue that they are not representative of the larger majority. I think the larger majority is in the gray, and there are people like me and you who don't comment on that foolishness, mm. who believe and understand that, yeah, sometimes, like b- both sides have have thing. Both sides, wow. It's it's. Both sides. Both sides. What? What am I? What am I talking about? <laughs> what am I? Both sides. What is that? What, uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I could I could go on that forever. I just For sure. I hope that I hope that everyone reaches a point where. They understand where they show up in the world, understand what their expectations are and understand when someone else, particularly um, a romantic partner can't meet those expectations. What the process looks like in communicating to get some semblance of balance and knowing when to leave it if it's not going to work. And knowing how to keep that door closed, even when familiarity and loneliness creeps in, want to get that old thing back. Although all signs point
2: to no. I'm trying not to like, keep asking you questions. Cause I know we can go on forever. I'm going to keep it short with these last two. One, I okay. think that we, one thing I've noticed in, and let's continue on the theme of men and women we watch on television, we read in books, we, sm- I guess we see it on social, the experience of rejection, right? Like we, like, I've, like you watch a TV show and it's like this polite rejection, like, yeah, I'm not really interested. And they stay friends forever. Or like, no, I'm not really interested. And they stay, you know, guy and girl in real life. I don't think we have a lot of practice in that at all, right? If you meet a guy and they're, and, and you're just not interested, but you generally think they're cool. I have no idea how to do that. Still haven't figured it out. I've drawn it a couple of times, not even sure if it worked. Kind of, that's where ghosting came in, right? Like where we both were like, let's go with the scared thing and just ghost because we don't have practice in all the things we actually want to do, right? Yeah, yeah. And vice versa, a man meets a woman, he's not interested. He's not gay. He don't hate you. He just not interested. That's okay. And women, we also don't know how to receive that because we're looking at you like, we. what is this rejection, right? We Again, going back to us being beautiful babies in these gorgeous, big old adult clothes and so I wonder if you have any insight on rejection in a way that we can practice and do with love and still keep it moving and still connect <laughs> oh that is a good one it's tough because uh
0: I struggle rejection is tough for
1: me sure even
0: within my marriage sometimes sure. the conversations or maybe if I want a hug I'll be like hey baby can I get a hug my wife she she's big on personal space. That's her boundary. Mm. So I asked her before I get in her space, can I get a hug? She's like, no, nah, not right now. I'm not feeling it. Yo, the rejection be killing me. i was like, okay. Sure. But, but that's a part of it. And um, you know, it's 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 I think to expect it up front to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. um helps and to brace for that. But when you're talking about a person you don't know and trying to engage them in some level of conversation like let's first things first that shit is weird i don't know you and there's like this script like i think i think i think you're attractive i kind of want to get to know you a little bit better i only have limited time like the eighth person in your face tonight i'm kind of nervous like it's 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 a lot going on in that little situation mm-hmm. um i don't know man i think you might have stumped me i don't think i have a way to deal with rejection outside of um, just separate, it's easier said than done, separating it from a personal indictment of you. its That's not possible in the moment. It's just weird. It's like a job interview. You don't get to practice mm. for rejection until you're actually in the game. Like job, and you can do a mock interview, but you don't really get to practice until the job is on the line. Real talk. So it's hard to, it's hard to get that muscle stronger. Um, yeah,
2: you got me. I don't have an answer. I have no idea. In the comments, guys, if you, if there's- Give give us some ideas. Give us some, because this is something I think we all, if we just open the conversation, we can all willingly understand that, oh, this is just uncomfortable. No one's hating Mm -hmm. anybody. No one's mean. No one's not. It's just an uncomfortable part of the human experience.
0: I remember (laughs) before I met my wife, I was doing an event and uh, this lady, uh, this young woman, I was trying to get her number. And like, I- I hit like a crazy bloom in my early 20s. Like in my teenage years, a lot of rejection. I was mad funny looking, you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't (laughs) working out. And I hit the stride in my early 20s and the dark skin, tall aesthetic was in vogue. So Mm. now the energy was different toward me. Mm-hmm. And um, I still pick my spots very strategically. I wouldn't holler at you unless I thought you were feeling me in some way. Because I'm also understanding I'm a tall dude. And like I don't know if I'm being physically imposing or being too close. I didn't want to be the dude that's being too persistent or didn't know mm-hmm. when you're not interested in not reading the room right. Like, I never want to be that guy. I don't mm-hmm. like that guy. I don't want to be that mm-hmm. And uh, I always battle those things in my head before I ever even approached anybody. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, even then I picked my spots very well. Like I had to know you had some level of interest before I jumped out
1: there. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so that just goes to show you that's something that almost everybody struggles with yeah, in some all, way, yeah. shape,
2: form, or facet Of course, of mm-hmm. course. I'll end it with this. How can we strengthen and continue to practice the strength, strengthening the muscle of confronting ourselves, our bullshit, our stuff, without shame continuously stopping us in that process?
0: Mm. One 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 affirmation that's really helped me is that uh, your pain isn't your fault, but your healing is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I know that's one of the more uh, popular ones is the shame and the guilt come from a place of inadequacy. Man, I depend on how old you are, you might not get this reference. But back in the day, I'm trying to find something. Back in the day, I don't know if there'll be video with this, but we used to have these telephone cords that were all bundled up. They spiraled. They came from the receiver down to the phone. And sometimes you'll be on the phone all day and they'll be tangled up and you have to like unwrap it. But there's a ball. You have to find the end and unwrap it from the end and get it back to the beginning. And I guess the same thing with like iPhone earphones records like it's all wrapped up and I think confrontation of those uncomfortable truths about yourself has to be the same way you have to start with a little piece about it and be curious about it and want to unwrap it I say this all the time you want to be more of an observer of your feelings and emotions and less a captive prisoner if you can look at them and say oh I, I feel this way I feel I feel this way. I'm just having a moment because you know, when I was younger, my mom used to yell at me and make me feel like a bad person. So sometimes it's just, uh, it's just a painful memory. It's cool. And you don't have to share that with everybody. That can be an internal process. Mm -hmm. This is just a moment. I feel some kind of way because of something that happened to me before. Say it out loud, confront it. I see you. You can't run, dog. I see you. You're right there. You're that thing that's bothering me. I know you're there. I'm going to acknowledge you. Mm -hmm. And when I acknowledge you, I can do something about you. Even if from year to year, it's not a massive change in how I how I handle a process, but eventually gets better with time. And eventually, I, I have I have parts where I peak, and sometimes I have little valleys. But I'm mm. still getting better, and I'm still maintaining. And I think that just having that mindset mindset helps separate you from those feelings of guilt and shame of what you should or ought to be, even though you don't have any evidence that that destination is something that is supposed to happen for you. Um, mm. That's been that's been my personal journey with that guilt and shame are going to happen the human emotions i can't protect myself from them all the time but i can call them out when i see them and i can talk about where they came from or whether or not where they came from it's some bullshit mm-hmm. and if it's some bullshit call it off of being some being some bullshit but if it's not and it comes from a real place and I'm putting my finger on that and not letting it go it's shining a, a laser beam hyper white light of awareness on. it.
2: i'm aware of it self-awareness is the major key the it is. It, yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. You yeah. mm. know, it don't always feel good though, because awareness yeah. isn't the solution that you that's gonna give you the ta-da. You right. know, it's not. <laughs> you're like, oh damn, that's. It's like when you bite into some like bomb-ass mac and cheese. And you're like, oh, that's that's it. Like, yeah, no flavor. In this joint, like it was all gooey, and that's it. Like, yeah, that's
2: what it feels like sometimes. It's anti
0: connected yeah. but it works. Yeah. It works, works.
2: God, that's a, that's a, that's a beautiful point. A, a great way for us to wrap it in a bow in a sense, because at the end of the day, it's not always going to feel good. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to, you know, be magical, but I believe the commitment is worth it. That's what we, oh, that's what yeah, we believe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah and like, the
2: commitment is worth it
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. wow thank you so much for opening your heart and mind and spirit and sharing space with me this was incredible
0: you're like, really easy to talk to like you ask you ask really good questions I do a lot of interviews and stuff man you ask really good questions I appreciate it
2: this feels healing for me man. I feel good Thank you so much. I share the same thing. I, I appreciate that you allowed us to go there. Again, I I have to reiterate that we've never met because a lot of the people on, my, on this podcast have been either friends of mine or people who have crossed paths, but it's beautiful to see someone in a complete different space. Sometimes social doesn't work that way, right? Where you meet someone on social media and you're like, they're probably going to really be like that. But I really, I mm-hmm. could feel the authenticity coming through. And that word is a buzzword buzzword for a reason. I always say cliches or cliches for a reason. Some of them are really true. <laughs> like authenticity yeah. really matters. And so thank you for opening up your your space to share with us, for us to all really listen and, and indulge in, in this type of love together. I, I hope everyone who heard the different nuances of, sh- of stories that we both shared can really not only see themselves, hear themselves, but love themselves deeper in the process as we're both doing the same. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, I love it. Yeah. Th-
0: thank you for inviting me. Thank you listeners for having me on um, and mm-hmm. just embracing my story in this big black face in this big black <laughs> body. Um, I, I don't know you, but I automatically have some love for you. Yeah.
2: Thank you guys for tuning in to human human. Thanks for listening to the Human Human Podcast and this episode featuring a conversation with Kier. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review, and while you're at it, share this with someone you love or just someone you like, as long as you share it. Stay connected between episodes at humanhumanseries.com or come hang out with us on IG at Human Human with Stacey Ike, or you can find me at One Take Stace. Not one like the number one, one like the only one. <laughs> I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and remember. We are not what we do. We are who we choose to be. So, let's be curious, let's be in community, and let's stay connected. This episode was produced by Stacy Ike, Tracy Lincoln, audio engineer Jarell Jones, and special thanks to our guests and the entire team of Stacy Ike.